When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to another Elm Park Royals preview podcast. This week I'm joined by Jonathan Lowe. How are you doing, Jonathan? Hello, mate. Yes, uh, all, all good, thank you. Uh, yeah i mean uh you didn't travel up to blackpool uh due to covid but uh you're probably thankful that you didn't bother going yeah very much so i, I was a little bit looking forward to the trip but uh unfortunately uh covid has sent me back so um yeah I, i've still managed to watch it though and um you know a decent enough start wasn't it uh nice goal from lucas Shaw, but uh, then it was unfortunately that familiar defensive collapse which we've seen so many times this season and although it possibly wasn't kind of a full one game um you know that that's a i guess you get what you deserve and ultimately it was a pretty convincing um home win for the for blackpool yeah i mean the scoreline was uh slightly unfair on reading i thought and uh paul lince was saying after the game as well that it it's not wholly reflective of the performance um up to about 85 minutes i would say yeah yeah i think so i don't think you can disagree with that but ultimately it's a a 90 minute game isn't it and you've got to be at it right up until the final whistle and and reading certainly weren't that so um yes i mean it could have been a few more reading you know a couple of hard chances it could have been a lot closer in the end but ultimately i think blackpool were the better side on the day deserve the victory and Reading really got to brush under the carpet now and, and make sure that they, um, you know, use this this week uh, to good effect and get back on, the, uh, you know, in, in more positive fashion against Millwall on Saturday. Yeah, I guess the the only positive really is that there's still that cushion to the bottom three. I mean, Derby and Peterborough now have both lost three in a row, um, which is impressive given that they played each other just before that, I think. Um, and then uh, Barnsley have seemingly come out of nowhere to kind of rise up to 22nd, um, but still six points gap. Reading, you know, it, it's all in our own hands still. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's been that way, obviously, for, for a long time. It's been that way in previous seasons as well. And and they, they've somehow managed to keep that breathing space uh, above themselves in the relegation zone. And let's hope it, it stays that way uh, in the coming weeks and months. It's... Clearly, the the bottom three I think are divided by just two points, so you know expect sort of plenty of uh, shifts uh, up and down that uh, that mini league, if you like, um, 
you know, in, in the coming weeks. And, and I'm sure, um, you know, I think Derby are playing Barnsley, if I'm not mistaken, on Saturday. Uh, <clears throat> so that's a big game. I'm not really sure what the best result is, possibly a, a draw to, to ensure, you know, neither get too close to Reading. Um, but yeah, I mean, Reading have got it all in their own hands. They've they've got you know a lot of the key players back now. If they can keep Lucas Shaw fit, then they've got a, certainly got a very good chance of staying in the division. And um, yeah, they, they, they've just got to got to make sure that they, they do enough to get over the line, which is ultimately all they need to do. They, they don't need to you know, shoot up the league or anything. They just need to ensure that there's enough um, of a gap between themselves and uh, and those below them. Yeah, I mean, Barnsley have a game in hand over Reading, but Reading have a game in hand over Derby, and uh, Peterborough also have a game in hand over us. But, you know, what with COVID affecting the earlier season, as you say, there's so many permutations that could still come about uh, later on. Uh, Reading versus Barnsley is obviously gearing up to be a much bigger game than I think people kind of expected it to be a couple of months ago, and that's at the beginning of next month. Um, somewhat ironically, on exactly the same day as we played Barnsley last season, uh, when we were both going for the playoffs, it'll be a bit of a different day, I'm sure. Um, but coming on to Millwall, um, they're obviously in quite good form again. And I've, I've said this a few times this season, Reading seem to play teams at terrible times. Like Almost every game we seem to come up against an informed team at the minute. Um is there any new injury news for those back? I guess I guess we haven't. Uh, we're recording this before Paul Ince's press conference today, so I'm assuming we haven't really heard much. Um, no, no, not not, not especially. Um, I, I'm thinking that uh, Josh Lawrence probably won't be back for, for this game. I expect him to be back uh, the following week. Um, Tom Holmes, though, I think uh, should should be back, and possibly Scott Dan as well. So. That obviously gives the team a, a, an added defensive boost. Um, in terms of the other players, obviously uh, Halilovic was on the bench last week, so I expect you know with a full week's training, he he should um, take part in some capacity. Um, Femi Aziz as well. I mean, if, you know, he, he was out for eight weeks. I think from the uh, from the Kidderminster game, wasn't he? he? He played in, I think. So um, it shouldn't be too long before he he's back in contention. Um, so yeah, I mean, Jackie Macy played 90 minutes for the 23s earlier on this week, so they've got plenty of options. You've got uh, Brandon Barker as well, remember the the uh, the odd signing. Um, perhaps he he might uh, make an impact as well. So, um, yeah, Paul Ince has got a, a good good squad at his disposal. You know, a lot of the players who were out injured are now back fit, um, and uh, you know, hopefully he's used this week to really. Shore them up defensively because that's uh, that's where the big issue lies, isn't it? Uh, uh, they're just absolutely leaking goals, and until they they shut the back door, then uh, they can't um, yeah they can't expect to to score three or four goals a game uh, to, to win a game, uh, even though they are properly capable of it on uh, on some occasions. Yeah, I mean Barker got uh, ninety minutes for the under twenty threes as well, so hopefully. I mean, it is an odd signing. Like the longer we go through the season without him actually being used, the uh, the odder the signing becomes. But he did look kind of, you know, a step above the under twenty three level, as you would expect. So hard to judge him too much on that game. But he seems to bring a bit bit more pace, a bit more kind of directness than maybe some other options. And um, I mean, you named all of the options we now have at at right wing um, mm. after going for a long time with almost no one there. We, we've now got. 
you know, quite some depth at that at that particular position, which will be interesting to see how Paul Ince kind of rotates. Obviously, there have been, you know, discussions before even Reading about uh, playing Tom Ince over, over other players at, um, in the squad. But, you know, we haven't yet seen enough, I think, to, to, to call him out on that. Um, what were you expecting from this Millwall game? Because obviously... Paul Lintz talks a lot about the defensive side of things and, and solidifying defensively. So are we expecting, now he's had a week on the training field, is that what we're expecting to see, a more solid defensive unit? Uh, I'd certainly like to hope so, yes. Um, because, you know, he, he's, he said on, on the, the occasions that he's talked to the, to the media so far, you know, the, the almost kind of embarrassment of riches they've got in it attacking-wise. Um, and we all know that, uh, you know, John Swift is a game changer. Lucas Zhao is a game changer. Yakumate's got the ability to to come up with a, with a goal just when you when the, when they need it. So um, that's kind of almost taken care of. Um, they've got so many sort of attacking talents and, and options in the final third. Um, it's really just making sure that they're they're much harder to beat. And clearly, you've got uh, you know the the change in goalkeeper now. Um, Luke Southwood is back. Um, Lack of a specialist left back with Baba Rahman out. Um, so I expect uh, Tom McIntyre to, to go back in at uh, uh, left back. Um, so the, I think there's probably going to be a few, a few kind of changes uh, in the coming games in terms of uh, the, a makeshift back line, because that's what it has to be at the moment. Um, but certainly, I think, you know, hopefully they can uh, put Bruno Motor back in his position in midfield as well, because I think that's where they really struggled last weekend at Blackpool. Um, if they can, you know, start there really the two holding midfielders, um, giving good cover um, in front of the back four, and you know, making sure that that back four is, is really kind of really structured, really rigid. Uh, has done a lot of work in training this week. I think that's something that uh, John Swift highlighted um, recently. You know, the focus really being on on defensive work and, and working as a unit, which. I don't think they did too much of under Velko Panovic and uh, ensuring that, um, you know, that it is really difficult to to uh, to play against them and score goals against them. So, uh, you know, Millwall are, are traditionally, uh, you know, a very kind of physical in-your-face side and uh, I'm sure they won't be too different this weekend. So that, so they'll really give uh, Reading a, a big test and, and it'll be whether they can stand up to that challenge. Um uh, which, you know, obviously we all hope they can do because, uh, you know, we get into the stage of the season now where it's 12 games left of the campaign and they've really got to put their bodies on the line and, and uh, do do their utmost to to um, you know, keep a clean sheet and, and ultimately score goal, more goals than the opposition. Yeah, I think the other thing um, that that's kind of to talk about about this is is Paul Lintz talks about this defensive unit a lot and um, Panovic obviously did the same thing but couldn't get it working. Do we think that we're going to see similar tactics that turned the fans against Velko in the in the sense that a lot of sitting back and and absorbing pressure, or do we think that Paul Ince and maybe we don't actually know the answer to this question yet, or do we think that he's going to favour a more proactive defence uh, with with more pressing, which is I think what people want to see, um, whether it works any better than than what we've seen so far this season. I guess we don't actually know yet. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we'll probably just have to have to wait and see. Um, to be perfectly honest, and I think you know certainly at this stage of the season now, I, I know you know the fans would like to see a, maybe a particular style of play, but ultimately, 
uh, it's about picking up results and performance is a you know a, an added bonus if there are some you know encouraging signs to take from them um, you know, if they can uh, scrap out a one-nil victory on, on Saturday, then I don't think too many people will be complaining. So, um, you know, I'm sure he, he'll have his own ways of how he wants the, the defence to play. Um, again, it will kind of be uh, adapted to to who's available, personnel-wise. So, um, you know, I expect you know for the likes of kind of Rinomota and Drinkwater and Laurent when he's back fit to to do probably kind of more the pressing and and for the defenders to to just um you know go old school and put the foot in and, and clear the balls and, and win the second balls and first balls and uh and hopefully it's enough so um you know I th- i'm sure we'll, we'll see a more kind of Paul in star side in the coming weeks now he's, he's had a bit of time to work with them um and we'll see what they're about and uh yeah ultimately if, if they're going to be good enough and if it's something to to um yeah, can sustain uh, Reading um, in the in the next few months or so. Yeah, and even if it, if we don't quite see it um, against Millwall this weekend, because I mean it is only a week. Um, he's got another full week till Nottingham Forest, and then okay, we've got a midweek game after that. But then the international break comes the weekend after, um, or the weekend after the weekend after. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, like there are now there is now probably enough time for Paul Lintz to stamp what he wants to do on this side. Um, as I say, even if not for Millwall, then for Forest and the games after that. So fingers crossed that that stamp is an improvement on what we've already seen, because obviously, you know, Paul Lintz has been out of management for a while. I think that the game has changed since he was last in management and and who knows how he's going to adapt to that because he could adapt to it really well and he could adapt to it pretty, pretty badly. Let's be honest. But um as long as he keep, yeah picks up those points, and who really cares how he adapts? Um, you know, points are everything, as as you yeah. say. Uh, do you have a, a score prediction for this weekend? Um, I'm. I think I'm actually feeling quite positive. Um, I think I think I think Reading will will win the game. Actually, I, I uh, you know, anytime Lucas Shaw is on the field, you know, you know he's scoring goals for fun, isn't he? Really, ever since he's he's returned. So I expect him to get on the score sheet and, um, you know, certainly if they can get on the front foot and get the first goal, uh, that's going to be key. If they do, I, I can see probably um, I'm even going to go for a 3-1 win. I'm, I'm not quite sure why I'm so optimistic, but um, yeah, I'm going to say 3-1. Well, I mean, you you got the, not the result right last time, I think we talked, but you said a 2-1 win to Reading against Preston. So, you know, if you, if you get the same you know, uh, goal difference this time around. That, that'd be nice. Even if it's a, a 5-3 win, I'd take that as well. I'll, I'll probably go slightly more conservative. I, I agree. I think we'll have focused on the defensive side of things. So I'm hoping for a clean sheet and maybe Lucas Schau to nick a goal late on and uh, and I'll go 1-0. Um, but any win, I, I'm not sure whether a draw is really enough when you look at the fixtures we've got coming up. We've got to play Bournemouth and Blackburn before that international break as well as Nottingham Forest. So... It's a tough set of fixtures after this. Um, so, yeah, a win, a win would really be nice in this one, I think. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's slightly tricky in terms of, you know, Millwall have got obviously an outside chance, I think, of a playoff spot. So, um, <clears throat> but certainly, you know, on paper, this is the game that Reading should be targeting. So maybe that puts a little bit more pressure on them. Uh, and, you know, in subsequent games, then, you know, not really anyone is expecting anything to get out of them. So that, 
in turn might might benefit them that allow them to play a bit freer so we'll have to wait and see but um yeah i, I think I, i'm confident for this weekend yeah i mean I, i'm saying that uh, those fixtures are difficult like Millwall haven't won four of their last four but uh we won't come into that they've played derby and cardiff so there's a little bit of a caveat there uh anyway jonathan thank you very much for joining us um i hope you feel better soon um i know that you are feeling a bit better than you were so that, that's good news at least um but uh after the break we will be talking uh to a millwall podcast to get their side of things i'm here with kai from that millwall podcast how are you doing mate yeah i'm good thank you mate very much thanks very much for having me how are you yeah, not too bad. Um, I mean, Reading have won a couple of games recently, which is always nice. Um, Millwall, however, are on a run of four on the spin. Yeah, it's been a lovely, um, what, three, three and a half weeks or so. Um, to be fair, it's been quite a nice uh, probably month or month and a bit, actually. The only defeat really coming to Fulham, uh, 3-0 defeat at the Craven Cottage, probably I think it was early Feb. Um, and even then, I didn't think we were outclassed. We still had a couple of really good chances to potentially bring the game back and, and you know, half the deficit quite a few times. We just couldn't take our chances, basically. And I thought that was a really unfair reflection of, of the of the team, the 3-0. Um, I thought it didn't probably reflect the, the real meaning of the, of the game, the real the chances and what happened in the game. But that's what Fulham might do, don't they? They take their chances. And unfortunately, on the day, we couldn't. And that's probably been our only a bad, well, only well, lost. I think it's. I think we've lost four. We won in the last six or something like that. So yeah, we're on a good. We're going a good run of form. Yeah, I mean, despite that, you're still kind of mid-table. So, like, what what's changed in those four games that maybe wasn't clicking earlier in the year? Um, I think Gary Rowett's almost changed the tactics. I think I don't think he'll admit this, but it's almost that it's almost a bit more freedom now. I think, especially after the Fulham game, he said in his post-match um, reaction, basically that. You know, there's 17 games left here. Let's 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 just enjoy them. Let's just enjoy the rest of the season. Um, and in doing that, I think it's almost taken the giving the players a bit more freedom, a bit more license to go and go forward and attack. Whereas maybe we wouldn't have done before. Maybe our confidence levels maybe had maybe were a little bit lower than they they are now. And it's just yeah, it's just giving the players a chance to express themselves. And we've we've come up. You know, he come he's come off looking quite good actually. I feel I I've never actually questioned Rower. Um, you know, there was quite, it's quite, Rowett split the fan base for quite a while now. Um, a lot of people have said out, I've been close in at times when he has been, you know, looking a little bit like he's not really sure what he's doing. Um, but these four games have, have pulled it back for a lot of the fans, including me. And then uh, one of the names on your team sheet, uh, Jake Cooper, um, it's odd this season because he's not played absolutely every minute because he's actually, you know, been out a couple of times. Uh, so used to seeing, you know, ever present next to his name. Um, obviously, there's the old Reading connection there. He, he's just, you know, he, he does what he says on the tin, really, doesn't he? Yeah, no, Coops is a, a massive player for us. Um, he wins wins all of his headers at the back most of the time. He's obviously being six foot seven. You should, shouldn't you? Um, there's no excuse for, for losing out there. Um, he did, he marked Andy Carroll actually against West Brom uh, incredibly well. And obviously Carroll used to play for Reading. And I was slightly concerned about Carroll when he came into the game. He looked at that threat and that maybe that uh, aerial threat that potentially what we could, we would have worried about maybe f- four weeks prior to that. Um, but no, Cooper did excellently against him. He marked him superbly, won every header. Um, and he's even come up with a couple of goals himself this year as well. Um, Saturday scored against scored the winner against Sheffield United and that's his five fifth goal in his last six matches against Sheffield United so he does love playing against them yeah I mean Andy Carroll when he was at Reading 
you can't again you get what what's on the tin right like he is gonna put himself about a bit and and uh win headers and and kind of maybe be a threat in the box but if you can negate that he doesn't necessarily have much else to his game i mean that's a bit harsh he's still a decent player but obviously he's not got the legs to get around the field so like yeah when you've got someone like jake cooper marking him you take away so much threat and I mean, it's been debated numerous times how much, you know, Reading fans would have liked to have kept Jake, kept Jake Cooper or not. But he's really found a home at Millwall. And it's it's nice to see that. I mean, who who else in your team would would you say we should be looking out for? I mean, obviously, Jed Wallace. He's, uh, you know, he's Jed Wallace, isn't he? <laughs> He'll do what he does every, every single game. Uh, I don't really like playing him. Uh, anyone else? Um, funny you say that. Tyler Bury has just started coming through. Um, I think he started the last three matches now. Um, he, he sort of last season sort of came into the side. Uh, had a couple of games off the bench, little cameo appearances, but never really did anything. He went on on loan at the start of the season to Hartlepool. Picked up a really bad injury about seven games in. After already scoring three and I think and assisting one, so he had an absolutely he started had you know flying start there. Um, and then recovered from injury, and Millwall decided not to, to send him out back out on loan to Hartlepool for the second half of the season. They wanted to keep him, and my God, it's absolutely paid off. He's um, he's very direct. He's uh, he's so quick. Uh, he's very tr- tr- he's you know feet are very tricky. And he knows where the back of the net is as well. So he's a really exciting prospect for us. He scored two in his last three matches for Millwall. Uh, all all three have been no. The one against QPR, he came off the bench twenty five minutes through. Um, but yeah, he scored two in four, two in three starts. Um, so yeah, he's, he's doing he's doing really well. Uh, another one, probably Daniel Ballard, centre back on loan from Arsenal. He's just come back. Uh, we're going to be missing Hutchinson this week uh, against Reading, which is a big blow for us, and Bennett as well, uh, which is another big blow. But Ballard coming back is, is big. Is a big plus. He's a you know he's very assured, very good with his feet, um, wins his headers, and he's got that quality as well of passing. So. He's won. Danny McNamara at right back, another of our academy products. Uh, he does everything. You know, we we expect him right back. He gets forward. He works hard, and he loves the he loves the shirt. Um, and Billy Mitchell, another one of our academy products. He's been superb this year. I mean, I could go on a few more with the last four games. If you'd asked me four games ago, I might have been a little bit. Oh, I'm not sure here, but it probably would have said Jeb Wallace. But um, them three have been uh, four. Them four have been superb um, this season. I know they've some well Ballard suffered with injury, but altogether he's been brilliant. Yeah, I feel like we don't really hear about the Millwall Academy too much nowadays. Like, I feel like historically it was more of a, you know, more of a production ground. Uh, I mean, do you do you still see the Academy as like vital to Millwall or is this kind of like just a bit of a golden golden generation ish with with players coming through? Um, No, I think I think it is vital still. Um, And that's what I've been quite impressed with recently. The route is almost willing to give those players a chance and it's playing off. Um, I'm not sure whether he thought maybe because the season was fading out and potentially it's forced his hand. He, his hands have been forced with injuries as well. And that's why he's had to give, I mean, I don't think Tyler Bury would have been playing right now. Had we had Ollie Burke available, had we had Jed available for the, you know, before, like, before he was injured, we had, we have had, you know, Mason Bennett, all Benny Kofobi, all these players that have been injured and are still injured. Uh, Benny Kofobi should return on Saturday. Um, Bennett's been out numerous times. Obviously, Jed's only just come back in, and Bury's been given the chance because because of a you know a couple of injuries, and it's sort of paid off. It's, it's well, very much paid off. And I don't know if he would have been given the chance had injuries have not 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 occurred. But um, 
but that's what happens, isn't it? Sometimes you the unexpected players are the, are the best ones. Yeah, I think Reading have been in that position, especially like the last couple of years, um, this year especially, where you just need that bit of luck as an academy player, right? Like so much of football um, and making it at the championship level and the Premier League level comes down to just having that break of, you know, getting into the team at a certain time and then running with it. And even if it is Millwall, it's still nice to hear these young guys coming through. Uh, yeah, obviously, no disrespect. But, uh, you, I don't think you'd be classed as many fans sort of second teams. Uh, but but as, as the chant goes, you don't really care. Um, you know, is it still that same kind of old Millwall style of very in-your-face, very combative? And um, and then, well, just Jed Wallace going forward? Or, or I don't want to say evolved, because clearly that's, that's working for you at the minute and it's worked for you in the past. Or, or have you kind of blended even, I was about to say modern football, but even that feels like pejorative, you know? Like, is it the same old Millwall that, that we know and love? Um, no, I don't think so. In terms of our playing style, definitely not. Um, under Harris and probably other cut a few managers before, we used to have a target man quite often. Steve Morrison, Tom Elliott comes to mind. Um, we even signed Stefan Mayhofer for a half a season when I think it was Holloway. Um, and you know, you used to, you know, the players would almost, you know, hit it up to them and hope that f- for players to cut, run off them and stuff. And that works. It did work. And there's no disrespect to the managers that did that. But Gary Rowett's come in and, he, and he's almost taken away that target man. We did have a target man in Matt Smith for quite a while. Obviously, Matt Smith's now gone. Um, and it's my first time supporting the club that there's no there's been no target man in the squad. And I think that shows you how on the pitch it shows how much the the, the, the philosophy of the football has changed. And we do play some great football at times now. And, it's, and I've been really impressed with that. Um, sometimes perhaps not all the passing come off, comes off. Um, but I, I like to see them trying. Um, off the pitch, our fans, you know, we, you know, that's that's what it's what Mill was all about, isn't it? Uh, you know, fans, the hostility of the den. Um, that you know, the fans are, are Mill's twelfth man, and and you know, on their day, well, most days to be fair, they're, we're, we're you know, I put my Mill myself in Mill fan. I, I feel like the Mill fans are the best support in the country. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, I don't know about that being a Reading fan, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I'm very happy that this game is at the Medeski. Uh, rather than at the den, because I've been there to the den a couple of times, and it's it's never fun going there. And I, I, it must make a difference, right? Like even if it doesn't affect the away team that much, it must buoy the home fans so much. Like I was I was surprised actually to see Matt Smith drop down to League Two, um, although I'm not sure whether that says more about the money that Salford have than Matt Smith's quality as a player, because he's just very tall, isn't he? Very <laughs> tall, man. Um, I'm pretty sure he scores against us every time we play you. Uh, so, yeah, pretty happy to see that. Um, what what are you expecting from the game? Like, you come into it, as as we talked about, on, on the back of four wins. You're expecting a victory? I uh, certainly hope so. Um, but with, you know, it would be the first time that we've, we've secured five wins in a row since 2012. It'll be first time ever that Gary Rowell, the manager, has picked up five wins in his, in his manager, uh, managerial career. So, you know, as a Millwall fan, as a, you know, as Millwall fans we are, you know, the Millwall we know and love tend to tend to put a spanner in the works here. And they tend to, you know, it's just so frustrating sometimes. But I'm hoping that this Millwall team is different. I'm hoping this Millwall team is is stronger and has that little bit less. Well, there is realistically no pressure on them because obviously I know we're only we're still five, five points off the playoffs and we're still in with a chance. But we are very much outsiders at, at still. And as much as I like to tell 
Omar and Mickey on the podcast that we're we're, we're going to make the playoffs because obviously you have to have that optimism about you. But you know, you still have that freedom, and hopefully against Reading, we'll we'll show that. And because I've you know I saw a couple of bits today from Paul Winston about the vulnerability of the defence, you know, counter attacks and stuff with the pace that the Millwall side have right now in the team with Tyler Bury, Jeb Wallace. Um, you know, Benicophobia, if he starts, you know, Mason Bennett won't be in there, but there's plenty of pace in that side uh, to hurt Reading on the counter and and, potentially, and hopefully with our defensive record, try and keep a clean sheet as well. Yeah, I mean, how how high do you genuinely think you can finish? Like, because you're not that far off the playoffs. You're in good form. Um, other teams above you aren't picking up as many points as you are. Do you think you could get in the playoffs this season? I think we could make a sneaky push here at the end. Like we, we are traditionally quite a second half of the season side, um, and I think the I think the one one way to describe the championship is is if you look at the last probably what just before we won four on the four on the bounce, we I think we'd only picked up two or three wins in like twelve games or something like that. Realistically, by that point, the playoffs should be well out of sight. It should be ridiculously outside. There should be no chance. Um, of of making the playoffs and the fact that we've won four in a row, I know four is still you know twelve points, but you know we should still be well out of it. And I think that shows the championship is every team is inconsistent. One any, any team that puts together a consistent run will will make will will do well. And I think that shows now that teams are sort of you know inconsistent. Black, you black. I'm not saying we're going to catch Blackburn obviously because they're fourth or fifth, whatever. But I'm not saying we're going to catch them. But I'm more targeting sixth. And obviously we beat Sheffield United, who were sixth on Saturday, uh, beat them on Saturday. So. You know these these clubs we're playing and they're in and around the playoffs. They're not they're nothing special. QPR would beat them two 0 and we didn't. QPR had relatively nothing for all game, um, and we we once again showed why where we can make the playoffs. I don't know whether we've maybe left it a bit too late, but with five points off, with I think it's twelve or thirteen matches remaining, we're we're, we're in every we've got every hope, and and I reckon we can do it. Yeah, I mean, you just look at where West Brom are now, don't you? Yeah. And and everything could turn round. Um, as yeah, I mean, we played QPR and we lost four 0 But even on that day, I'm not sure that I saw a whole lot from QPR other than how bad Reading are defensively. But I mean, we make Lyndon Dykes look like a good striker, and nobody else in this division does. So, ah, uh, I don't want to reminisce on that too much. It, that was a bad day out. But uh, do you have a score prediction, Kai? As as the final question, um, I'm going to go for Reading. Uh, I'm going to go for Mill two. I'm going to go for a two 0 Mill win. Basically, I'm going to go for. I feel like Jed will get the score sheet. He tends to do quite well. Um, well pretty much every game we play in, to be honest, he's always effective. Um, and I'll go for Tyler Bury, um, young Tyler Bury, to, to get to get a second. And I'll go for 2-0 Millwall. Very nice. Um, I obviously went the other way. I went for a 1-0 Reading win, uh, which, as always on this podcast, is more heart than head. But, uh, you know, you've you got to keep believing. We've, we've picked Absolutely. up a couple of results that you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought recently. Um, in the sense that we got any result whatsoever. Um, so, hey, you know, anything can happen. Well, uh, thanks very much for joining us, Kai, uh, from that Millwall podcast. Maybe, maybe you could check it out ahead of the weekend. Um, after the game, we'll obviously be back with a post-match pod with all the reaction. Uh, see you guys.